Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's get spooky. Hello, this is Spooky Boo. Welcome to Scary Storytime. Today I have three very disturbing creepypasta stories for you. Have you ever seen two glowing orbs that look like eyeballs staring at you? Tonight you will hear stories where people have claimed to see such horrors, and what stories they tell. To find out more about these stories, the authors, and Scary Storytime, visit my website at www.scarystorytime.com or my Scary Fun Club at www.spookyboo.club. Now let's begin. Story number one, The Tool Shed. It is about 11.30, and I reluctantly take my dog outside so he can do his business. I just logged off of Facebook, and this is the last thing I have to do before I can go to bed. I've been busy all week, Nothing but chaos at the office. I only wish that when I go to sleep tonight, I can wake up and never have to work again. I get my dog's leash and wake him up from his slumber. He is only ten weeks old and very small. I fear that if I do not use his leash, he could get lost outside of my dark maze of a backyard. He could either get lost or eaten by a coyote. My dog and I venture out into the small grass area, surrounded by trees. He wanders out to the middle of the yard and sniffs the ground. To my left, I hear some slight rustling coming from the edge of the backyard, where the shed is. I think nothing of it, as it is most likely coming from the neighbors. They are always fixing something in their basement. My dog finds his spot and lifts his leg to urinate. I begin to tap my foot out of impatience as he is taking his sweet time, and I would like to go to bed. He's finished, but he begins to sniff around again. I roll my eyes, and there is a louder noise coming from the shed. It sounds like someone or something banging against the walls inside. I think there may be an animal of a rather large kind trapped in the shed. It could be a wolf or a deer. If it were a bear, it would have destroyed the shed by now. I make sure my dog is done and take him inside. I exchange his leash with an LED flashlight and venture back out into the darkness. The banging occurs in intervals. It switches back and forth to three bangs a second to two bangs a second. Whatever is trapped in there certainly wants to get out. 
I walk over to the shed and look through the window. I press my face up against the glass and cut my eyes in an attempt to see whatever is causing all of the commotion. The banging continues. I spread my legs apart to steady myself so the vibration of the shed does not keep me from falling over. Suddenly, two large white eyes appear from the darkness inside the shed and fly at the window. I do not have time to react. Fortunately, the glass does not break, but the force of the window shaking and the shock of whatever is in there throw me back onto the ground. I drop my flashlight and it rolls around the corner of the shed. I slowly get up and shuffle to the other side of the shed. This is not what I was wanting right before I go to bed. The flashlight is pointing its light at the door, which is still shaking from the violent banging. I pick up the flashlight and shine it on the door. The padlock of the shed is fully locked, and I haven't opened the shed in four days. How did this animal get in there? I turn and start walking back to the house to get the key. I should probably get my gun, too. Whatever is in there, it could have rabies. I grab the keys off the rack and go to my office closet to get my Beretta. I slip the gun in my back pocket and head back outside to release whatever noise making hell spawn that is trapped in my shed. I get to the shed and the banging has slowed. Maybe the animal is giving up. I take the key out of my other pocket and shuffle through them until I have found the shed key. The banging is no longer slowing down but speeding up. With each bang, the shed shakes more and more. The door is practically flying off of its hinges. It would have been kicked down by now if it weren't for the lock I put on it. I struggle to steady the lock with the violent shaking of the door. I slowly insert my key into the lock and turn it. Just as the turn is complete, the banging stops. There is no banging afterwards. I quickly take the lock off and open the door to see what is inside. I move the flashlight back and forth and see nothing. I take a few steps in and flip the light switch on the wall to the left. The interior of the shed is now lit. There is no animal in here, nothing that would cause the hell I went through to help an invisible trapped animal. But what about those eyes? There were those big, white eyes when I looked through the window, and they were right where I'm standing. I look around, and the only noticeable damage is a spilled bag of potting soil on a shelf in the corner. This was an utter waste of time. Just as I turn around, two eyes reveal themselves in the woods next to the shed. The eyes stare at me, and I am too paralyzed to move. I cannot even leave the gaze of these orbs in the darkness. Suddenly, the door slams shut, and the lights turn off. I try to turn on the light, but there is no longer any power. I turn on my flashlight and frantically wave it throughout the shed. I hear a clicking on the outside of the door. It is locking the door. Whatever was in here is locking the door on me. I unleash all of my energy at the door in an attempt to kick it down. It won't even budge. I turn. The eyes are by the window, peering in, looking at me, taunting me. It's mimicking my actions. Suddenly the flashlight is in my hand is gone. 
It is now outside the window, shining in at me. I run up and hit the window. The flashlight and eyes disappear. I am trapped in utter darkness. I bang violently on the walls of the shed. I kick the door. I kick the window. I turn and grab a shovel from the tool rack, swing it repeatedly into the window, but the glass refuses to shatter. I am a prisoner of this thing. The eyes have returned outside the window. They continue to stare in. Then another pair appears next to them on the right. Then another pair on the left. This is a nightmare. Maybe I passed out when I took my dog inside and this is all a dream. Yes, I pray to God that is what is happening. Two large white eyes appear from the darkness. But it isn't. I'm here in the shed being observed by these creatures and there is no escape. A pair of eyes appear in the dark next to me. I swing the shovel at them, but nothing happens. They continue to stare. Another pair materialize behind me. Then, on my other side, more and more pairs reveal themselves to be in the shed with me. I swing the shovel throughout the crowd of shapeless monsters, and it does nothing but drain the energy from my body. I fall to my knees and drop my shovel. I am exhausted. I give up. Written by Zach Zeman, The Hooded Werewolf Story number two, Bright Eyes Part one, author's note This pasta is based on events I actually experienced. Certain elements of the story might not be true, but the basis for the story is. I think I was four, a year before I began school. I was a little behind everyone else in my perception of reality, so I would see things that weren't there occasionally, but I know I saw this. I woke up to nothing, or so I thought I did. I sat in my bed for about thirty seconds, trying to discover the source of my waking. Nothing. Just as I was about to give up and fall back into sleep's beckoning hands, I heard a faint creak. My door opened by a small amount, and in shone a very eerie light. It seemed as if it was a light from a flashlight. I assumed the power was out, seeing as how we lived in southeast Louisiana, and it seems as if every storm causes a power outage. Was this my mother checking on on me on the height of the storm? I wondered. I beckoned for her to enter, but the light immediately disappeared, thinking nothing of it. I fell back asleep. The next day over breakfast, I recall casually inquiring to my mom as to why she did not come into my room when I beckoned last night. She seemed immensely confused and slightly nervous. She turned to my dad as if to ask, Do you know what he's talking about? He looked similarly confused. What are you talking about, son? She asked. Last night, I said, during the storm as if it was obvious. There was no storm last night, my dad said, completely bewildered. Well, there was someone with a flashlight looking into my room last night, I remarked. My mom's expression immediately went from confused to scared. She and my father walked into their room and closed the door. I heard them talking about me, or more specifically my condition, and my dad telling her that I was probably imagining it. She didn't seem completely convinced. 
My dad told her that if it made her feel better, we would install an extra deadbolt on the front door. And that was that. Many years passed without incident. The only thing worth noting would be the constant nightmares I would have about the light. My kindergarten teacher remarked to my parents that I seemed bothered by something. When asked, I would launch into a story about the light, and they would disregard me, probably thinking, well, he does have a condition. Two years later, in the middle of the night, I woke up again. But just as the last time, nothing noticeable seemed to be the source of my waking. But then the door opened again. Recognizing the situation, I tried to look away and fall back asleep, but two bright oblong eyes shone through the door. I felt uncontrollably drawn towards them. I couldn't help but stare at those eyes. I immediately sat up and stammered. Please come in. I want to see you so I could tell my mommy what you look like. The following event will be forever implanted into my memory. It walked in, but it didn't have any legs. It just floated. Its torso and arms completely black, almost transparent against the darkness of the room. It had no facial features except for its eyes. Its eyes seemed to have a telepathic influence on me, beckoning me to walk to it. I obeyed its command. I walked toward it. And as I did, I felt extremely tired, almost unbearably exhausted. My vision started to blur, and I couldn't feel my legs. And when I touched it, I blacked out. I woke up the next morning, in my bed, under the covers. The first thing I thought felt like it came from outside my body. I thought, do not tell. Even at my young age, I understood that not telling someone would be my best possible course of action. I still feel that feeling occasionally. My legs will fall asleep, my vision will blur, and I'll feel very exhausted. Then I'll black out. I'll wake up in my bed the next morning and think, do not tell. Part 2 It's been watching me for the last month or so. It seems like every time I turn around I see it. But nobody believes me. Even my mother doesn't believe me. First I saw it in the driveway. It's big, bright red eyes. That's all I saw. I blinked and it was gone. I've never experienced such abject terror before in my life. It attacked every corner of my mind and carved its image directly into every square centimeter of my brain. That was three weeks ago. And then, three days later, I saw it again, standing in my daughter's treehouse, staring at me. Even more horrifying than before. But this time it did something. It looked like it moves towards me, at an incomprehensible speed. But before it got to me, it disappeared. It had no facial features other than its eyes. Its horrifying, nightmarish eyes. I asked my brother, who lives right up the road, about it. He looked at me like I was insane. He told me he'd get his company to install a security system on my house for no charge. Are you sure this covers every centimeter of my yard? I inquired later that day. Yes, he assured, every centimeter. So if anything appears, we'll see it. I felt pretty confident. If anything else happened, we'd see it, and we'd catch it. At least, I hoped we would. 
About two weeks ago, I was watching TV, but then the TV started quickly getting darker and darker. I immediately felt nervous, and then it shut off. I looked around for the remote, and I saw it sitting on the couch, right where I left it. That didn't make matters any better. Then I started to feel extremely odd. My vision started to blur. I started to feel very tired. My legs fell asleep, and then I saw it. It was standing, or more accurately, floating on the other side of my window. My vision started to blur even worse. And then it was gone, in the blink of an eye. And just like that, the feeling was gone. I immediately called my brother, even though it was 2.30 in the morning. Or at least I tried to. Right before I picked up the phone, I blacked out. I woke up the next morning in my bed. My first thought felt like someone else's, like it'd been implanted in my mind by an outside source. Tell no one. From that point on, I see it almost every night. The urge to report it has completely disappeared from my mind. I don't need to. It told me I don't need to. And it knows everything. Part 3 It wasn't supposed to storm tonight. I thought to myself as I hid in the basement. I could feel each ear-splitting blast of thunder. The rain sounded like thousands of fists beating the roof over and over and over. Then, with a deafening series of cracks, the entire house started to collapse. The roof pancaked in on me. That was the last thing I saw before I was knocked unconscious. It started out like any other day. I watched my morning shows, which were just reruns of the shows the night before. Nothing really unusual in the morning news, just some story about some school wrecked by a tornado. I'm sure if I paid more attention to the news, I would remember the name of that town, somewhere in Oklahoma. But I can't just pay attention. To really anything, ever since my girlfriend died, I've been depressed. We'd been dating since third grade. We'd known each other since second grade. We were supposed to get married a year ago today. It was about a year and a month ago. We were driving along the interstate heading to Tennessee for the Titans' final game of the season. We decided to leave a week prior to the game so we could explore the area before the game started. We left around 10 that night so it would be easier for me to sleep through the trip. We stopped at a gas station somewhere in eastern Texas around 3. It seemed to be a pretty normal gas station until the power mysteriously cut out. Shouldn't the convenience store's generator keep the power on? She asked nervously. Maybe it malfunctioned, I replied, slightly worried. I suggest we leave. But as we're leaving, I saw it, on the side of the road staring at me with its huge eyes. They were completely white, lacking pupils. I couldn't see any part of its body other than its eyes. But just before I could say anything, it sort of rushed towards my girlfriend at an inconceivable speed. She screamed and then collapsed. I rushed towards her, fearing the worst. She was lying on the ground, completely unmoving. Her eyelids were open, that look of sheer terror on her face. I checked for a pulse, but couldn't find one. I even listened for breathing, but there was none. Then I saw it again, 
on the opposite side of the road. But then, something extremely strange happened. As if this wasn't already strange enough, I had a thought, but it didn't feel like my own. It felt like someone else's. You're next. That's pretty much all I remember from last night. The rest is oddly missing from my memory. The Today Show suddenly came back into focus. I realized I missed almost 15 minutes of it. They were doing local weather, clear skies all day, zero percent chance of rain. Well, I guess I better get off to work before I'm late. Work was uneventful, as always. I came home around six. It was extremely overcast. Well, that's odd, I thought to myself. It wasn't supposed to be cloudy today. I heard the first crack of thunder as I was walking up the steps. It was very windy, almost windy enough to knock me off my feet. I rushed inside as I felt the first drops of rain. By the time I had put all my stuff away and turned on the weather, the rain was coming down pretty heavily. The radar showed no precipitation, not even any clouds. Then, suddenly, the TV started to fade, and so did the nearby computer screen. Even my phone screen started to fade, and then every electronic item in my house cut out. By now, the rain was coming down in a torrential downpour. Flashes of lightning were coming from all directions, dozens per second. The lightning completely illuminated the house. The entire house was creaking and swaying. I figured now was a good time to go down to the basement. Once I was in my basement, the rain was coming down so hard, I could barely hear myself think. And then... I had a stunning realization. It wasn't supposed to storm tonight. I could feel each ear-splitting blast of thunder. The rain sounded like thousands of fists beating the roof over and over and over. Then, with a deafening series of cracks, the entire house started to collapse. The roof pancaked in on me. That was the last thing I saw before I was knocked unconscious. I woke up after what I felt like hours. It was still storming pretty heavily. From where I was, I could see the doorway leading up to the rest of the house. And in the doorway, I saw it. Its huge, blank eyes. Its horrifying lack of any other facial features. And to my utter horror, I saw it had no legs. Just a floating black torso with arms that were equally black. Then I thought the same kind of thought. The one that felt like it was implanted by an outside source. Happy anniversary. How did it know that today would have been our anniversary? Did it have some kind of mind-reading powers? Telepathy? No, of course not, I thought. It's just that smart. It knows everything. Then right after I thought of that, I blacked out. I woke up the next morning in my bed. I thought that all-too-familiar kind of thought. You're next. Story number three. The Eye is Watching Me. My name is Grace. I'm 30 years old. I moved into this house a couple of days ago. I used to live in the city until my husband was killed in a major car crash a month before my daughter was born. So now I have to raise her alone. 
I moved to the countryside. I love it here. I grew up on a farm as a child, so I wanted my daughter, who is now six, to grow up in the same environment as I did. I bought a two-story, three-bedroom, two-bathroom, 19th-century house in the middle of a secluded field where I planned to grow vegetables and raise cattle. The house isn't exactly in good condition. The white paint on the outside is flaky and has moss growing all over it. But I will fix these things up after I have fully settled in. The inside of the house is very vintage and quite beautiful in my opinion. The paint on the ceiling is quite worn out, but other than that everything is fine, apart from the perfectly circular holes in the walls. I noticed this when I was being shown around the house by the previous owner. He said these holes have been there for the past thirty years of him living here. There is one in each of the three bedrooms, one in each of the two bathrooms, and one in the living room. The previous owner had no idea how they got there in the first place. They were there when his father owned the house back in the early 80s. I just went with what he said. Strange things started to happen. I woke up on Sunday morning, three days after moving in, and heard strange tapping noises coming from the downstairs lounge. Three taps, about three seconds apart from each other. I was upstairs at the time in my bed, with my daughter in the bedroom next to me. She came into my room about a minute after the tapping stopped and asked me what the tapping noise was. I said it's probably just someone knocking at the door. I'll go check. I stood up and went downstairs to see if it was just someone knocking on the door. I slowly opened the door and looked outside. Nobody was there. I peered around the side of the house and still nothing. So I closed the door and forgot about it. It must have just been a branch tapping on the side of the house because of the strong wind. I had completely forgotten about the tapping noises. It was now 9.15 p.m. I was getting my daughter into bed. Then she told me about something that happened the first night we were there. She told me that she had heard scuffling noises inside the wall when she was trying to sleep. I told her that it was probably just rats that found their way into the walls. I'll put some rat poison in there tomorrow. Now get to sleep. I kissed her goodnight and switched off her light, went into my room, lay down in the bed and fell asleep nearly instantly. The next day I put rat poison into the wall via the circular hole. A few days later, I noticed foods had started disappearing from the cupboard in the fridge. Entire loaves of bread, leftover meat from the night before, cans of baked beans, water bottles, and biscuits. I asked my daughter if she was taking the food, and all she said was, Stop it! You're scaring me! and started to cry. I immediately realized we were not alone in this house. Over the next few nights, I heard scuffling around in the walls. It couldn't be rats. They would be dead by now from the load of poison I dumped in there. What else could it possibly be? A person? The thought of it made me shiver and get goosebumps. I tried to forget about it, and eventually got to sleep. Saturday, the 13th of July, 12.51 a.m. I kissed my daughter goodnight. We just came back from dinner at a friend's house. My daughter was worn out. I had a few beers and was quite drunk. I turned my daughter's bedroom light off and walked into my room, lay down on my side and stared at the wall. In the corner of my eye, the hole in the wall was visible. Something about it made me quite uneasy 
and made my heart beat faster. I looked directly at the hole. My entire body turned to ice. There was an eye looking straight at me through the hole. I held back screaming, only just I couldn't tell if this was real or just me drunk out of my mind. The eye didn't move a single bit. My heart was pounding. I couldn't move. I was frozen and shaking uncontrollably. I kept staring at the eye, which still had not moved at all. The tension was building up to nearly breaking point. Then it blinked. I jumped out of my bed and ran out of my room screaming. I busted into my daughter's room and flicked on the light. She was dead. Her head was cut off and her eyes had been popped, sitting straight up with her hands up in the air, head shaved. I screamed for ten seconds straight, then turned around and quickly ran down the long staircase, tripping over in the process. I fell about five meters down, straight into the wall. The wall broke and I was inside it. I slowly opened my eyes and looked around. I saw a stack of used cans, plastic, and hair. So much hair. Then I saw a bald-headed man emerge from the darkness inside the wall. Half of his face torn off with severe burns and no lower body. He used his hands to walk. I jumped up immediately and ran out of the part of the wall I fully destroyed. I headed straight for the door. I looked behind me and saw the disfigured man dragging himself quickly across the wooden floor towards me. I finally reached the door and busted outside, sprinting across the field as fast as I could. I looked behind me again to see the man dragging himself faster than I was running and making strange inhuman sounds. I ran across the field, screaming as loud as I could, hoping that someone would hear me, but there was no reply. I continued running, then tripped over a rock. I fell face first on the ground. Then I felt the man grab my shoulder. He flipped my whole body around and covered my mouth to stop me screaming. I looked directly into his eyes and realized it was my husband. Hey, it's Spooky Boo Rhodes. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make a comment at the website at www.scarystorytime.com and share the podcast with your friends. I'd like to thank the listeners and the Patreon members, including Mad Joe, Dreadnought Prime, Dr. Joe Blob, P.A. Nightmares, Ivy Iverson, John Newby, Patrick, and Bobby Elliott. If you would like to subscribe to the commercial-free program and support the show and get other goodies, visit my Patreon page at www.scarystorytime.com Patreon. That's all for tonight. I'll see you in your nightmares.